and welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. Now, Billy, you missed our last show on a game I thought I you might actually enjoy. Did you even try? I know you were busy, so you couldn't record, but did you even try Motortune? I, I I was slightly familiar uh, with Motortune ahead of time. Yes, that is, that is one. Um, if I was here for it, I would have told you that it was uh, it was enjoyable, uh, almost deceptively. It, it's not one of the. Ugh, it's one of those you can write off just by the look of it. But no, I I did enjoy that one. Oh well, there you go. So and that I, yeah, and I, fuck, I wish I was, I wish I was recording with you guys. I fucking mm, that's a whole other podcast. I need a podcast where I just bitch about work. For hours on the end, five, six-hour episodes. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do those bonus shows where we install a bitch about our jobs. Because <laughs> I, after 15 months of not working, I'm going to have a new job as of this week, uh, which I is know. terrifying. Um, not not terrifying to have a job again, but just you know to have a regular schedule. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't choose to be off. I lost my job due to to COVID stuff, and then because there were no schools for a while, and my kids were too young to be home alone, I just said, you know what? My wife has a job that pays okay. We'll survive. We won't do very well. But we can survive. But now it's time. It's been time. I've been looking for jobs for several months, and finally, uh, someone has chosen to hire me. Uh, I'm sure they will regret it, but until they do, I have a job. So I, I spent the last year like really, really trying to clear out this backlog, <laughs> and I thought I'm not even gonna list every game I own. I'm just gonna list like the games I honestly want to play on things I currently have. So I'm not listing everything that's on on a, an emulator box. You know, I'm listing just games I have full copies of that I bought for the Switch or PS4 or, you know, even back to the Wii U, things that are still hooked up and and physical carts. And I managed to, over the last year, I mean, I beat 50-something games, but I only actually, if you take a a net verse of of what I started with versus what I ended with, I only really lost two games on the overall backlog (laughs) because I added 50 games while removing 52. Just the, the dumbest thing. I think I have to decide. I think that... Knowing now that even with no job and where my job was essentially just playing video games a lot for this podcast and for streaming and everything else, I still didn't make a dent in this thing. I think it's a fool's errand. I think I have to officially just call. I'm never going to catch up on this backlog. Well, I mean, I, I, I've I've all but given up. Honestly, um, I I fall into the same pitfall of I. It, it's the whole two steps. It's the whole one step forward, two steps back thing, right? Finish one. It's like the Hydra. Uh, you cut one fucking head off, two grow back, and that, that's how it is with me. It's I just I I continually I'm picking up shit on sale, and I'm not even installing it and playing it. I, I, I'm getting stuff for for later on. I don't know what's coming later on. I don't know if that's retirement. I don't know what it is. Um, but goddamn, I uh, I've been playing a lot, but I've been playing nothing at the same time. If that makes any sense. The new Destiny stuff is about to drop tomorrow, so I'll, I'll probably be playing that a whole lot. Which, again, that's playing a lot of something, but at the same time, not really playing anything. Now, it's in Destiny. Uh, but, Jeremy, uh, hmm? I've been playing something, and it's uh, it's I I don't want to play you in it, but I God damn it, I got back into Street Fighter Four. Oh man, it's really good. <laughs> I love is, me some I, Street Fighter Four for me. It's the high point. Like I I liked five. Um. But goddamn, four doesn't feel. T- it feels so good. I, really that does. was probably that was the last really great fighting game that I played. Mm. I kind of want to play the new King of the Fighters that just came out, but I, I you know, it's Street Fighter for me is is my fighting game, and four was was just amazing. It was so good, mm. especially uh, Super Super Street Fighter four. 
once they you know started adding in more characters and everything like that it yeah. was just it was awesome fighting game five yeah, yeah it's it's good the story mode is is so bad that it's memorable uh but it's just it, it was fine you know and street fighter five just became its own thing and i lost track of that thing as it went on but I uh, we got Street Fighter Six to look forward to. Apparently, yeah. Oh my God! I you know that that teaser was. I don't even know if that qualifies as a fucking teaser. There there wasn't a lot. Uh, uh, Ryu is 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 more shirtless and, and beefier than ever, though. Apparently, he is he is wide. He is very wide. I looked at that. I was like, did somebody accidentally uh, post this in the wrong resolution or so, the wrong mm. horizontal resolution because he looks oh, so exactly. damn wide. <laughs> It's very un- yeah. Uh, it's 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 like it's almost Street Fighter X Tom of Finland at this point. Uh, it's getting there, and but yeah, I'm excited for it. I want to see what they do. It, it's from what I've heard, you know, you can never tell about rumors, but it seems like they're taking it in, in a little bit of a different direction this time, and they they definitely have with that logo because <laughs> it's certainly yeah. a different style logo yeah, this yeah. time around. Not much to it. Uh, it's very. Uh, modern fast food looking uh, you know it's kind of minimalist but yeah it's it should be cool i you know that's that was fine i know a lot of people were actually really disappointed with it not because it was street fighter 6 but because everyone on the internet thought it was going to be uh, the announcement of resident evil 4 remake and mm. that's their own damn fault you know you you can't blame capcom for something you made up in your fucking head that didn't actually yeah. show up but that wasn't the super exciting news for me anyway that Street Fighter 6 was announced. Okay. It was this kind of post announcement for this uh what's it called? It's it's a little uh fighting game collection that they're throwing out this year. Yeah, it looks really good. I don't know the actual name. I just thought it was Capcom Fighting Collection, but it's probably got a better name. But it's got uh, along with Street Fighter what 2 Hyper Perfect Edition or whatever they call it. It's got all the Darkstalkers games, which are ones I love, mm. despite that I really suck mm. at them. It's got Pocket Fighter and Puzzle Fighter games I will, I, I, on their own, they could have just said, hey, we're releasing these, and I would have been excited. Yeah. Um, that, like, I really miss Puzzle Fighter in an online fashion. I can play with people, and this looks like it's going to have that. That's awesome. Uh, but it also has uh, Cyberbots, uh, which is a game I never got to play, but they were characters of that in, what, Marvel vs. Capcom or one of those games. But also Red Earth, a game I never got to play, and it looks like it has some really cool characters. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, I mean, you know, it's all the weirdo Capcom fighting games that I enjoy with the weird characters uh, even though i know i'm going to suck at them i'm still going to yeah. to enjoy playing them because they look so neat i mean darkstalkers is one of my favorite fighting games despite mm-hmm. that i may be the worst person that's ever played darkstalkers i love those games yeah I, i'm very excited about darkstalkers because my arcade um I, and we had some nice arcades growing up but it, it, we never got those games uh for some reason i i may have saw a, a darkstalkers cabinet you know just once or twice um so I really, my time put into those is, is pretty limited. So I, I'm actually looking forward to really cracking into those for, for what I'd really consider the first time. I, I'm really excited about Darkstalkers. I, this is really the first time those have been put in the collection. I, I think maybe since the PSP, I think, had mm. some of them. Yeah. But I, I know the 360 arcade also had a, I think they had a Darkstalkers game. But that was really the last time you could play those games. They they have not been on anything since then. And plus, this one's going to actually have good netcode, supposedly. It's going to have rollback. So that is what you want to have if you have a fighting game online these days. And all of them are supposed to have it. So it looks like a good collection. It's uh, There's a couple here and there that's that's been floating around, like Cyberbots and Red Earth. They've been on other collections. But 
the dark stalk having dark stalkers super puzzle fighter do they have gem fighter in there as well yes yes i call it yeah, pocket gem, fighter but yeah it's mm. gem fighters gem fighter is one of my favorite fighting games uh, mm. released back then it was it's stupid and but it's so fun to play with somebody yeah just you know once you you want to settle things after you you've done all that with puzzle fighter so you move over gym fighter and then just beat the shit out of each other with the same kind of super deformed characters it's it's really fun i love that game yeah that looks like a really good collection uh you know i know we swore we're not gonna do a lot of fighting game episodes but that said when that comes out maybe we'll we'll touch on gem fighter or something similar on either a regular yeah. show or a bonus show but that's a lot of fighting game talk for an episode that's not about a fighting game, although it does have mm -mm. other different gameplay styles mashed together, this is a patron pick from our patron Jack. We're going to be talking about Zexies for the Nintendo. mentioned at the start of the show this is a patron request and this time it came to us from jack who's on the phone now so welcome to the show hey thanks for having me uh, so you picked the game zexies which i had to look up how to say uh for the nes now is this a game you had played as a kid or a game you found later and thought this is worth sending these guys uh yeah this was a game i up until today i hadn't played in about 30 years so it's something that you know neighborhood kid had and just came across it and i thought it was a weird interesting game to discuss and haven't been able to find really any other uh, form of media discuss the game um you also mentioned the the pronunciation i've always pronounced it zexies but i found a commercial that pronounced it uh zexis which threw me off so i guess it's uh up to debate yeah, my, my version came from uh, Wikipedia, so anyone could have said that, right? But at least they, they gave you a pronunciation of Zexy. Yeah. So I was like, that's good enough. But everyone will know which game we're talking about when they see it, because it's a collection of consonants, which is one of the reasons yeah. I think I had never played this before. I'm pretty sure Billy and Jeremy hadn't either. Uh, I guess we'll find out. But I just the, the box art itself and the fact that the name is this kind of unsayable thing... It, it looked like, yeah, I can I can check that out later, and I never managed to check it out before. Um, I've played a little bit of it, so, you know, a lot of the times I like to record these after I've played a ton, so I kind of give away my thoughts on it. But I will say, what I have played so far is definitely interesting. Uh, it, I've gotten to where I have the second play style. You know, there's two different kind of genres merged together. So I have played enough to get to those sections. Um, I mentioned that it has two different sections merged together, two different types of, of gameplay. Do you like other games that kind of do that? We've covered Guardian Legend a long time ago that's a very similar take on it you know we have action scenes and, and shooter scenes but they're different because the shooter scenes they are almost like totally separate games this really merges together both fairly well yeah i i, I like really it, both play styles um i think what really made this game stand out to me as a kid was the fact that it was the first type of game like that that i came across um you know especially you mentioned the, the box cover um there's really nothing that says what the hell this game is so didn't really know what to expect until you plug it in and just start going at it. Well, yeah, and even even with the manual, it doesn't help too much. So it is a game that kind of just nah. throws you right into the game and you got to figure it out. And thankfully, it's an NES game. So with a limited amount of buttons, you can figure out most things. But there were still a few things I did need to check the manual for. I thought it was uh, maybe a, a bad choice that energy is referred to as your your life bar. But then it's also referred to as the the 
currency in the game. So you have yeah. to make sure you know which E you're talking about. But once you're in the game, it actually is pretty straightforward. Uh, there's just times where at first I was like, what am I buying or what are they doing? Oh, I see now. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but I also yeah. like that the level, at least the first level, um, and it looks like the rest are going to have this, where you have to kind of do some puzzle solving in your action scenes. You can't just you know, run and gun to the end and get to the door and figure it out. There's things you have to do. You have to talk to people. You have to to find a, like a secret key item that opens these doors. I, I like it a lot for what I've played so far. Uh, again, we'll see how I think after another week of playing this. But uh, but it is an interesting one and one that none of us have played. So that'll be fun to uh, to get our opinions. Uh, it, other than the, the fact that it is two genres that mesh together, was there something specific gameplay-wise that really stands out to you about this one? There are power-ups. Um, you mentioned that you just... Yeah, I think you probably just got the first weapon power-up on the first level, the 45 B-Ball. Yes. Um, and there are others throughout the game. You know, every... I think it's basically every side-scrolling level does have, you know, a different weapon that you could obtain. And I like that idea. You know, there are certain parts of the game that are somewhat similar to Mega Man, and that was a series that I really liked growing up. Um, you know, the, the character uh, looks kind of Mega Man-ish. You know, he's kind of robotic. Um, and then the different weapon upgrades, it was just kind of something that seemed similar. And then you mentioned, like, the the flying sequences or the side-scrolling shoot em sequences. That was something that just, it was so different. And then with the different brights on the uh on the bosses i thought that that was also something that just really stood out as being something totally different and the fact that the game is so weird you know and mixes it all together but somehow works it was just seemed like something uh worth worth sharing and talking about yeah, it's definitely cohesive so far. It, it feels like it, it does belong together. It doesn't feel like they took two separate games and just kind of glued them together to make it longer. It, it does feel like these things all all work together very well, including having some of your power-ups kind of transfer with you, which is nice. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I remember, and it'll be interesting to hear your guys' input, but I remember this being a game that was pretty easy for me to just go through and play, and maybe that's because I was like eight or nine and could just devote a ton of time and mastering something but i like i said i picked this up for the first time today in 30 or so years and man this game kicked my butt so be interested to hear what you guys think uh later on you know when uh you guys dig deeper into the levels and it's not entirely will. a very long game uh, i think it's only like 10 or 11 levels um and i am towards the end but then i had to turn it off and you know handle reality yeah, we'll definitely let you know what we think as we get further into the game. Um, I, I'm going to hold my opinions at the moment. I, I do have yep. an answer to that, but I'll, I'll save that for, for later in the show. Um, is there anything yeah. you do uh, that you'd like people to find that they can can locate you on the internet? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm one of the writers on BossRush.net. Um, you know, write write about games and entertainment. Um, so you can check us out there. We have game reviews and, you know, different news and, you know, opinion pieces and such um like to be a part of that team so it's a good place to check stuff out yeah we'll definitely put the the link to the the boss rush network website in uh, in the links to the in the comments in the podcast but if you're not familiar with boss rush please do check them out the link will be in the comments for the show uh so unless you have anything else to say specifically about this game or, or anything else in general um I'm, I'm gonna call it that and just thank you for coming on yeah no i appreciate it uh thanks for providing um some good entertainment
So much like the Guardian Legend that we talked about, I don't know, 200 episodes ago, I don't know what number we're on. Uh, this is another game that kind of mashes that shooter gameplay and uh, platformy gameplay, but but in a different way. Have either of you guys played Zexies before? No, no. I this is I uh, this is, falls under those NES games I did not know existed until it was brought up. Hey, let's take a look at this one. And it's like, oh, okay. I, I can't even recall seeing uh, this. Every now and then we'll see one. And when I look at the box art, that's when it kind of rings a bell. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen this in the video store. I've, I've, I've passed this one up multiple times. Uh, this one, completely new to me, have not bumped into this one at any point. I never saw it either. I, I do kind of remember the name floating around because it always just confused me. I didn't know how to say it. but. Yeah, this is this is the first time I've actually really sat down and and looked at it and, and seen what it was, and turns out there's a lot there to, to explore. Yeah, it's 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 a lot more game than what the box or the, I mean that's a terrible name. Let's be honest, Zexies, X E X Y Z. That on its own was why I remembered the game, but I'd never played it. And you know, you look at the box itself; it's just a black box with a space background that says Zexies, and that's it. Is like, it <laughs> is it Zexies or Zexis? I think because the commercial, if you watch the commercial, they call it Zexus, but there's a good chance the commercial didn't even know how to pronounce the name. Uh, I'm basing on a Wikipedia because obviously it's a Nintendo game that doesn't yell out the name, so it could be Zexus, it could be Zexies. Either way, it is, it, it it's X E X Y Z. So it's your guess is as good as anybody else's how to pronounce this. It came out in 1990 in the U.S. It was developed by Atlas, another game that's kind of, you know, by the Atlas team, the Persona team, uh, and published by Hudson Soft in the U.S. Now. This was actually released in 1988 in Japan as a completely different game. I mean, the gameplay was the same, mm. but much like when we covered Yonoid, how it was originally a different game that was about something we didn't know about. Same exact mm. thing for Zexus in uh, the 1988 version of Zexus in Japan was called Kame no Onigashi Urishima Densetsu, which is uh, translated as the Turtle's Gratitude Legend of Urishima. Uh, and it's okay. based on some Japanese folklores that they kind of like took the the core message of the folklore about a guy who saves turtles and goes to some some kingdom in the sky and made the whole game about that. So that's why all the animals you ride around in this game, and we'll talk about the shooter levels, are, are look like animals because they took them from the, the Japanese game, which where they, they were probably still space futuristic animals, but it would make sense with this folktale why they were riding mm -hmm. animals around. So the story for the North American release is, you know, again, the same gameplay, but instead you are Apollo. You're saving the fire line of Xexes from the invading army of Goruza. Ijalan was overrun, uh, and the respective queens have been taken captive, and are being held in mechanical castles at the end of each island. Rescue the queens, and then take on Garuza to save uh, the planet of Zexis. So it's a completely different story, but they were able to reuse those assets uh, like we had talked about. But when you first turn the game on, it is a side-scrolling platforming level. It looks very, mm -hmm. very much like, I mean, you can shoot with one button, you can jump with a button, and there's enemies that come on the screen. It looks very simple and very basic. I mean, I... If I would have rented this and not had a manual and not had time to really play it, the first, you know, the first impression of this game is not great. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, uh, I thought we were in for a world of hurt just, just based on the first few minutes. But as you go through this first level, you know, it's, it's just standard, you know. You, you have a health bar, so you can take some damage. It's not one-hit kills. The jump is fine. It's a little bit floaty, but not terrible for one of these games. Um, if you hold up to jump, you jump way higher. The enemies do respawn as you're, as you're running through the level, but, but they kind of make sense. It's not terrible. Um, mm -hmm. But there's all these little rooms you go into, and as soon as I walked into the first room, I was kind of like, okay, this might be better, because 
it much like a game like Rygar or something like that. You walk into these little rooms, and there's people there that talk to you. Some of them will try to sell you items. Some will mm. give you gifts. There's little games, like a not a, not an amazing game, but like a pick a chest game. And if you get that chest, you get some money on it. There's a game where you can can give some money to a guy, and you can win more money if you pick from the right chest. Like it's all mm-hmm. it, it's neat little things in these rooms. That's not just you know, oh, I go into a room and it takes me to another map, or I go into a room and it's just like a save room. I mean, there's there's a lot of little neat things that have enough to kept to keep me going enough to figure out what this game is because i wanted to know like okay some of these rooms actually have a fight to have it's like a floating head around i'll shoot that floating head see what happens let me let me tell you why i thought we were in a deep trouble you uh, this starting weapon is is horrendous it um it, it it's it's a, it's it ricochets all over the place which you would think is useful but it doesn't fire in a straight line it kind of it's it's kind of oh a, the first upgrade weapon yeah, yeah so so first upgrade you kind of throw it down at the ground it, it's it's made to completely bounce over top yes yeah, so uh, so <laughs> easily enough it, it, I I liken it to that little wave gun from Fester's Quest that it, that completely misses everything you try to hit it's, it, it's not as simple. bad as that but yes it's, it's very not much that so. bad but it's it it's well in my hands it is. I misunderstood. I think I mean, the very first gun you start with. So you start no, no, with a no, regular no, handgun, yes. which is it's a state, you know, it shoots straight forward. It only goes so far across the screen, but that's not mm-hmm. uncommon for these kind of games. Um, but yes, when you get to like one of the first couple rooms, a guy's like, hey, I'm going to give you a weapon. Here's the 45 B ball. You're like, great. And you can't choose to accept it or not. You get the gun. You can't switch back to your other gun. And it is it starts by firing at a 45 degree angle downwards from your character. And it bounces up until it hits something above it, and then it bounces down again. It, it does do a fair amount of damage, but it means that on the platforming levels, there's a lot of times where you're just not able to hit the things you want to hit. They're too far away in front of you, and when you hit it, it shoots forward to the ground, then it goes, you know, bounces up and over the guy, and you're like, God, what am I supposed to do? It keeps hitting everything, and not, but except for the one thing I want to hit. So it's a very frustrating weapon, knowing that you can't switch back. It's not like you can hit select and go back to your regular gun or whatever. You're stuck with this thing till you die. Um, however... In one of the other rooms later in the level, if even if you chose not to upgrade to that weapon by just not going into that room, there's someone in one of those rooms that says like, "Hey, for you know, forty energy or whatever it is, the, the money in the game, I will give you, uh, I will upgrade your weapon." And then whatever weapon you have, all the weapons have one level of an upgrade. So if your basic weapon, it goes all the way across the screen, which is an awesome upgrade. Anytime you have a gun that doesn't shoot all the way across the screen, and now it does, is one of the best upgrades in any game. But for that B-ball, it just makes it go way faster, which I found to actually be worse. It meant meant a lot of the time it was just going crazy across the screen. I mean, not like unbreakable crazy, but just really, really hard to aim at what you wanted to. Because again, it always still fires down at that 45 degree angle. Uh, Yeah, that that being the first weapon you get is not a help for this game. There's other weapons you get in other levels that are all 100% better than this. But that very first level, you know, next weapon you earn is just the worst. Hmm. Before we get away from these doors, I'm just going to say I don't like them. <laughs> I I don't like the door. I, well, let me put it this way. I don't like how many there are. They are littered throughout these levels at a pretty decent rate to the point where it, it kind of breaks up the actual action of the stage if you're going in all of them. I do like how some of them just have some of the craziest shit. Uh, you, saving the large naked woman taking a bath was a, a highlight. But, <laughs> you know, there's... It, it just seems like there's a lot of them. And there were multiple times where I was actually like accidentally going into those doors when I was trying to avoid the myriad of shit that, that was coming at me or shooting at me. Because like you go, you, you press up to go in one of, one of them. And, uh, but you also press up and jump to do a high jump in the game as well. So there were 
just a ton ton of times where I was was doing that and then going into a door, being stuck in that door, and just being God damn it, I just want to go back to the stage and, and play what I was playing. So I if it's just stores and maybe like the mini bosses or whatever, that would be fine. But I just I think there's just too many of them. And I'm not sure why there are so many of them. It just seems like a way for the developers to put in whatever random thing they think about at, at any given time, because a lot of time it didn't, it's nothing really important that you would even care about. Well, aside from the weapon upgrades and the the new guns you can get, there are items you can earn in the levels as well, and the only way to get those is through a room. So there are stores that sell, um, there, there are people that give you the special item, but you can also buy them. Once you've gotten them from somebody, you can buy them from those stores. So in the second level, you get like your first, you know, magic item that helps you, the foot wing that lets you... Uh, keep jumping when you're in the air. It's a little awkward, but it does work, and then you kind of float down, so it makes it so you can go over larger jumps. But the thing that's not, that's not explained very well is actually what your goal is in these outside side-scrolling mm. overworld levels. Like, when you're first playing the game, again, if you have the manual, sure, I'm sure it's in there. Mm -hmm. But in order to get to the, you know, the next part of the level where the bosses are, you have to go through these side-scrolling levels and find the force star the four star is essentially a key i don't know why they don't just call it a key and make it a key it's a four star and you've got to find it and the four stars are never in those rooms so when i first when first it's like oh you need to get a four star you got to find it like okay and so i went in all the rooms and there's a room where you have to fight like this floating head boss and when you do it saves a fairy and i thought okay i'm gonna get my four star but no she just thanks you gives you some money i think and you get to go back out on your way you have to find in this side-scrolling level, there's always a series of blocks that have a specific outline on them. And they're very obvious. They have like little little markings on them that they all look exactly the same. And there's always in stacks of two in every one of these levels. And you have to basically just stand next to them and shoot them a bunch until eventually a door opens on top of it. And that will get you to the room where you have to fight uh, like this mini boss thing to get the four star. They're not incredibly hard to find, but you have to know you're looking for them. And if you don't know that, then you have to go back through the level because you can backtrack on this this level and find where that door is and get it. And hopefully that means you have the right weapon to not the right weapon to hurt it, but a weapon that makes it easier because those fights to get the four star are a little bit difficult. Like I, I didn't have too many problems once I had the right setup, but they, it, it fires just fast enough that it became very difficult for me to shoot that boss because uh, it's basically like two pedestals you can jump on and uh, it's like a almost like a sitting Buddha statue, you have to shoot it in the head, but it constantly shoots down this, like, every second a fire of three bullets. So you have to jump over one of those bullets or else it knocks you back off the platform you're on. I don't know, I found that to be actually one of the harder things in the game is without a really good weapon getting that four-star itself from that guy. The easiest way that I found, because like, I didn't have the instructions, I was just looking up uh, a, a playthrough of it <laughs> to see how someone was playing this uh, before I came into the chat and was like, what the fuck even is this game? Uh, but during one of those playthroughs, uh, they just got up and jumped over the head or went through the, the head of the Buddha statue yeah, and just yeah. sat, sat right behind it and uh, killed it. So that, that was my strategy going forward. But yeah, yeah, I can imagine if you're not, you know, just cheesing the game completely, then that would be a, a it wouldn't be a, a fun boss to sit, sit through multiple times. Well, once you get that four star, then you go to the very end of the level. It's always the very last door, and it very clearly looks like a fortress. You go into it once you have the four star, and now you're in the second part of the album, or second part of the level. Um, the game technically breaks all these things up into different levels, so it looks like there's 11 or 12 levels in the game, but really there's five planets you're going through, and five of these, these stages, and then a boss area. So every planet is broken up into... The outside area that we just talked about, that's a side-scrolling level with the doors and, you know, you have to, to mm -hmm. figure out how to get the four-star and get into 
the mechanical castle. And then the second half is the mechanical castle, which itself is broken up into two different kinds of gameplay. There's still side-scrolling platform areas here, and there are still some doors, but they're more important generally. They will either be stores to get new items, or there'll be somebody who sells you information. Um, and most of the information is things like, here's how to hurt the boss, but from what I've seen, every boss you shoot in the head. But whatever. Yeah. There's a guy that gives you information on what to do and, and on, to hurt the boss or whatever. You don't have to pay for any of that, but you have to have enough money at the end of the side-scrolling portion of the mechanical castle to get to... Uh, what looks always like kind of like this this animal ship thing. Like if you jumped into a mech, that's kind of shaped like an animal. And then it switches to a side-scrolling shooter section. At first, I was a little worried because a lot of the time games that do this, it's not balanced very well. I feel like you get through the, 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 the side-scrolling section, you get to a shooting level, and maybe that shooter level is like crazy hard. Or maybe it's way too easy. I thought these were on the easier side, but still not a complete pushover of a level. I was pretty impressed when you actually got in the spaceship and started flying because already I thought the game was maybe doing a little bit too much. And then I was like, oh, man, this thing just packed a, a whole bag lunch with it and, and went out to camp because it's, it's doing a hell of a lot more now. And it, it, it's fine. I was actually, you know, I enjoyed what it is. It's not like a bullet hell kind of shooter whenever not it at all. pops up or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's a very basic shooter. Uh, but I still, I'm terrible at shooters. I don't care how easy they are. I'm just awful at playing them. And it didn't help that this one does not have uh, auto fire. Uh, if you yeah, do not, uh, yeah, you're um, fucking, you're tapping. I actually had to stop playing on the RetroPie and get it over on my emulator on my computer because you know that one has auto fire built in. I'm sure the RetroPie does too. I just don't fuck with the settings too much. But loaded up on there just so I could get mm -hmm. auto fire and play through because it was making my thumb so damn sore. Oh, just because you got to be day, if it's back in the day, you'd have the advantage out. Oh my god, it was I was jamming on that poor controller <laughs> that I was using, and uh, my hands are not what they used to be, yeah. and they they were definitely telling me after a, a level or so of that. So yeah, I, I it's just weird that there's nothing not like a. I I didn't beat the game, but is there any ever any sort of like auto fire power up for that ship at all? The ship has different power ups than you do in the side scrolling levels. So for the level where you're on one of the ships, they have the each ship is slightly different, and they each have their different weapons. They start out the same; they just fire straight across the screen. But as you're flying through the 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 shmup side, uh, sh the shmup levels, there are S's and P's you can drive over. Um, the S's give you better speed, and the P gives you power on your ship. Uh, gun, after you collect so many P's, it switches to whatever the ship's like second fire is. Most of the time, it's a multi-fire where it'll give you uh, either two shots forward or uh, a shot that goes diagonal, or in some cases, a shot that goes backwards. It really depends on the, which which of the ship levels you're on and, and what the, the upgrades are. But still, you do want to make sure you have those upgrades for your ship because it makes it makes it easier. But for the there's actually, again, the, the mechanical castle stage, it starts with that side-scrolling section, and then you have the shooter section. But the whole point of the shooter section is to go through several uh, tunnels of, of side-scrolling shooter. There are two doors at the end, an upper and a lower one. So very much like Section Z, when you get to the end of a Section Z level and you have to pick which, which teleporter you go into, you do the same thing here. It's thankfully not as painful as Section Z. If you're wrong, you just do the same room again. If you're right, you go to the next room. You go through a series of these rooms. It's either two or three rooms, depending on how far you are in the game. And then it takes you to another 
most of the time shorter side-scrolling action part of the castle. So the castle is a side-scrolling section, then you fly to like another tower, I guess, and then you have another side-scrolling section. And that side-scrolling section normally, uh, that side-scrolling section will take you to the boss fight at the end of it. So the first one, you're trying to find the, the machine ship, and then the second one, you're finding the boss. When you get to the boss, that is your regular character on this like floating platform. It still plays like a a shmup style boss and 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 a shmup style boss in that you're shooting at it and it's you're floating around the screen and everything. But it's your main side scrolling character on this floating platform. So you do get all your other upgrades you had before. If you have the the forty five B gun or whatever, you'll have that to fight the boss. And you'll want whatever the boss whatever those weapons are for each level because they always do more damage and some bosses you can clearly tell are made to to fight with that other weapon you can beat every boss with a standard gun if you're good enough but for example on the first boss he fires a bunch of stuff either straight forward or downwards but if you have the 45 b ball that shoots down at 45 degree angles you're getting a bunch of clear shots on him without too many things coming at you it's not completely mm -hmm. free of moving but it's a thousand times easier if you're coming at him from that angle so uh so after you've gone through you know again you get the side scrolling section Shooter section, side-scrolling section, uh, and then the boss fight. Then, after you beat the boss, you go back to a one-room side-scrolling section where you basically someone's like, thanks for <laughs> saving this fairy, you know, thanks for saving our, our, our planet by freeing our queen. And then you get another new ship and do another shooter-up level that gets you to the next island with another boss at the end of that. So there's actually, there's a boss at the end of the of the castle, and then there's a boss right before you start the planet. There are five planets total, so you're talking about uh, like a total of ten bosses that way uh, throughout the game that are in shmup style levels. And then, of course, you have the there's a final castle thing at the end that you have to do that's that's very difficult. So uh, each level, it's not really worth discussing them individually because they're all basically the same. They all have different graphics, but it's all that same formula. Side scrolling section outside where you talk to a bunch of people, find the the four star. Then you're inside the castle for some tougher platforming with more fighting, but generally not too, too bad. Shmup mm -hmm. level, inside level, boss fight, shmup level to the next next planet, and then you go to the next planet. Uh, and, and then you do that again five times. You go through five planets, and then you get to go to the last, the last boss area, which has like a longer castle first, and then the last boss. Um, let's discuss the weapons, because they're the only thing that makes any of these levels necessarily very difficult, is the weapons and okay. the items you earn throughout. So after the, after the first level, uh, in the second planet you'll earn the wave ball the wave ball basically acts just like it sounds like the wave gun from from like metroid it shoots uh, like a wave and it goes through walls it does a lot of damage and it's it's really useful and this the the power up for it actually has two waves coming at you or that come out of you at once so it does a ton of damage it shoots almost everything in front of you it, it's handling down my favorite weapon for clearing rooms out in the game if i can get the wave ball i normally like to use it for everything except for boss fights um, there's a moon ball, which is an option. They call it moon ball, but it's basically the option from any other, uh, shmup game where it's the little ball that circles around your character. It does a bunch of damage. Yeah. The only difference in this game is if you hold down the fire button with it, I thought this was a glitch, but it's either a glitch that they said, you know what, we're going to make it part of the game or it is intentional. <clears throat> when you hold down the fire button, it looks like it's shooting a bunch real fast while it spins around you. It's supposed to be, mm -hmm. um, essentially becoming like a flamethrower. And it'll, it'll do a whole bunch of damage to stuff. So especially those rooms where you get the four-star, where you have to fight the guy on, like, the, the Buddha guy with the pedestals. I would jump up to where he I'm standing, like, laying underneath where he's firing, so I'm not getting hit, and then just hold down that button. And the option will take him out in, like, two hits. I mean, it's pretty great at how much damage it does. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's it just reminds me shots. of uh, uh, when you get the, uh, the laser power-up in Contra. And oh, you just yeah. press the button so fast that it never actually gets to shoot across the screen. Well, that's exactly what <laughs> so. it is. 
Yeah, it, it, and that was actually my favorite weapon in, in this one. Uh, mm. You know, just kind of using it like that. But yeah, it's, that was that's it. Reminded me of that. One, well, and if you power that up, you get two of them. So you'll have two balls spinning around you. You can also yeah. hold down the button; it becomes two fireballs. That's a great one. The last weapon you can earn is the laser, which is exactly what it sounds like. It just shoots forward across the screen. It does a ton of damage, and if you power that up, you get two of them that shoot across the screen in front of you. And essentially, for once you get that weapon unlocked, which doesn't unlock until the fourth planet, I believe. Uh, you want that for the boss fights. There are some boss fights that that they yeah. do so much damage when they hit you that you've just got to do as much damage as you possibly can. The boss at the end of level four, I believe, is the only one I had any problems with. Um, all the bosses in this game are generally the same kind of boss. They don't look the same, but they're all mm. pretty standard shmup bosses. An animal-looking thing flies on the side, of the, flies on from the right side of the screen, and begins shooting things all over the screen like a like a shooter boss. Again, it's not a bullet hell, so you don't have any of those things where all of a sudden there's a billion bullets and you have to be in the exact right pixel spot. But there are, they, they do a bunch of damage. So if you don't do dodge things very well, uh, some of those bosses are very tough. And the fourth level boss has the hardest attacks to dodge that I had to deal with because it's just firing tons of stuff at you the whole way through. And they all do a, a ton of damage. There's no safe area. Uh, if you get hit like four times, I think you're completely dead. So, and he takes a bunch of damage. So I had to get the double laser with an option. I'm sorry, the double laser, because uh, you can't have both of those things at once. I had to have the, the laser powered up and then just get lucky on that fight against that boss. And unfortunately, when you die on a boss in a uh, in any area, you can't just start again at that boss. You have to go through the previous yeah. level. So for, uh, for the bosses at the end of the mechanical castles, thankfully you don't start at the beginning of the whole castles. You don't have to go through a whole platforming section, a shooter section, a platforming section, and the boss, but you do have to go through a whole other platforming section, starting with no power-ups, whatever money you had left over when you died, and, and then repower yourself up by going to the store. And, you know, once you die, you lose any of the power-ups you had. So you've got to go through these platforming sections, get the right weapon, and get back to the boss. It will fully heal you before you try the boss. But that mm. boss specifically had to go through a very long platforming section first to get to him. And I was like, man, this is taking forever. And I kept dying. <laughs> I, I spent the most time on that one boss. He looks like a giant lobster. If you played the game, you probably know yes. what I'm talking about. And yes. he sucks he's the only boss that was hard in the game uh, the rest of the game the, the very last boss was kind of hard but not like this guy this was just cheap and i just keep trying over and over again until i got lucky enough for where he fired that i could take him out before he took me out yeah uh, and that's and that's one thing i i kind of was surprised throughout this game um you talk about you know having to redo the side scrolling i you know am am a big side scrolling fan not so much kind of a shooter guy at all i think past shooter episodes have, have proven that i it just was never my thing i always actively kind of avoided those games but i just it, it was kind of the opposite on here i found the shooter levels or shooter portions of this to be much more enjoyable than the the side scrolling bits i i don't know if it was kind of it was kind of a stripped down like you said it's not a bullet hell by far um, but I was just, I, I, anytime I could do those shooter levels, it, it was great. But like you're saying, yes. And that enemy, I can't remember the level either, but it is the giant crab. Um, it's, it's probably the only stumbling block you'll have throughout this game. So having to redo those levels, uh, those, those portions, uh, was, was probably the most painful thing. It's probably what I spent the most time on playing through this. Well, it's, it's not a hard game. I mean, it's no, a long game in that there's, it says 11 levels or 12 levels, but really it's five planets worth and then a, fi and a final boss. It's it's very generous with where you restart. If you die, you start at the beginning of whatever section you're on. So if you're on the outdoor section and you die, you start at the beginning of the outdoor section. If you're in the beginning of the mechanical castle and you die, you're back at the beginning of the mechanical castle. Like it's not, it's not terrible. It doesn't kick you all the way back if you have to continue or whatever. And you have unlimited continues. I mean, there's nothing that stops you from just 
sitting down, playing this over and over again. And then if you are playing, and I didn't know this because I didn't hit no, but if you are playing and you decide you're done and hit no, you don't want to continue, it gives you a password to start right where you were. I, I didn't even know this game had passwords. I mean, there was one on the, on the title screen, but I didn't even think about it again once I was playing it because I just sat there and kept continuing over and over again. I was like, oh man, I, this is one of those games you, you don't want to pause, you know, you don't want to turn off. And then I finally was like, I'm done. And I, I hit, you know, no, I don't want to continue on that boss, that same Lobster boss. And it gave me a password. I was like, oh, well, this is great. And the password's not even terrible. The world of passwords, I think it's what, 10 characters? That's not bad at all. I'm, I'm happy with that. So the, the game is very lenient on letting you just kind of hammer your head at it over and over again. At no point does it say you're out of continues. You have to start back at the beginning. It, it, this is conceivably a game you could have rented and finished if you're good at all at shooters. Now, if you're not good at shooters at all uh, on, on the side-scrolling shoot-em-up levels, I can see this game being a little more difficult. But otherwise, I agree with, with Billy. I like the shooter levels more because they were a better game. They were a better put-together game. I think the side the, the, the side-scrolling like platforming levels, while they were fine... They didn't feel as well made. There's a bunch of parts where you died because things would hit you with a knockback and you'd fall to your death immediately and that, you know, it kills you but no matter what your power-up is and you lose all your power-ups, you have to go back and get money and then go back and buy your power-ups again for things that really weren't your fault, things you couldn't see until you jumped and then something spawned into the screen mid-jump. Like, those levels are not as well put together. But those those shmup levels, it's not hard at all. If it was just those levels, and that, that's like one of the easier shmups I've ever played, but it's it still felt more like it was much better designed. Uh, it's just the pacing and, and the shooter, the actual shooter levels, they, they feel fine. They feel like a, a very basic shooter. I don't know if I would have liked an entire game made of them, but I would have liked maybe more of them. I know there's, they're in the, the last boss area and stuff like that, but I, I'm kind of like you guys. I, I really just enjoyed whenever the shooter stuff would pop up, even though mm -hmm. I'm terrible at it. But the the side scrolling stuff, it's like that's that's the game they obviously designed it around, I guess, you know, the, or that gameplay style. But it just doesn't feel very good. Like it doesn't feel like a very solid action platformer. I'll say, you know, I brought up Contra. Not every game can be Contra, yeah. but this one it it feels like it's stretching to even be like a, a decent platformer or anything like that the jumping is very it's not great the action itself the while the guns are weird enough that it makes it interesting <laughs> i think there's just a lot of it there that are a lot there that's just kind of strange and not and not in a good way like i said all the rooms and things like that that's mm -hmm. neat for a minute but then they they're just everywhere and then the whole thing of having to shoot a couple of blocks that are in a, in the stage to make a door appear even though there's a dozen or more doors around the stage it's it's a, it's like that weird game design that you only find back on the nes and before that yeah it's just a it's i i don't know i, I was just trying to wrap my head around it before we started because i was like why is this game so fucking weird like usually i love weird games like that but it's just i don't know it's, it's just kind of in that realm of yeah, you know, it's it's neat for what it does, and I like parts of it, but I can't say I, I really, you know, I, I can get behind all of it. It's a game that if I wish I would have played when it was new, like I wish I would have had this game, because I guarantee you it would be one that I 
told people now, like, oh, this is a game you probably didn't play because the box is terrible and the name sucks. But this is a really neat game that does a lot of things. Maybe it doesn't do all of them very well, but much like Guardian Legend, you know, that, that kind of had that top-down, more Zelda-style view action, but it's still a shooter, along with the much more difficult shmup levels. This was a, an easier shmup level with a more difficult platforming section, but it didn't have that that exploration part that you had with Guardian Legend. But I like games that merge two two kind of styles together. So this is kind of right in the things uh, of the wheelhouse of games that like, if I was going to tell someone, you know, pick 10 NES games, this might be one that I even mentioned because it does do two different things. And I think it does them both I well think it, enough. It does it well, yeah, well enough. And it's, it's a success on that end because Lord knows we have played plenty of games on here and otherwise that try to do too much. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, that is usually a recipe for disaster. It, most of them are just a catastrophe. But this one, it's, it feels cohesive in its weirdness, and I just can't quite figure out how they did it because it's, <laughs> it's just a strange, strange game. It's yeah. got a weird name that, that no one ever knew how to say. It's got a commercial that is, is straight out of a nightmare factory. And, uh, you know, I, Hudson, whatever Hudson was on during the NES, they, they deserve a medal because they, have, they made some of the weirdest goddamn NES games mm-hmm. I think I could ever think of. Yeah. And, and agreed. Uh, agreed in whole, especially with the, uh, the games that, that try to blend uh, a couple of different styles. Sometimes they try more than two. God love them. And yeah, it almost never ends up well. You could probably go on one hand on the NES the number of times it ends up well. Uh, but this is one of them. I, it, 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 it was, I was pretty impressed playing through. Yeah, from kind of groaning early on um, to, to really groaning once I got that, that first power-up like we talked about. Uh, it just, it the game stayed cohesive. Uh, it, it stayed entertaining throughout. Uh, it, you know, it never got too difficult. It wasn't super simple, but at the same time, it never got, you know, difficult to the point of frustrating. That crab boss being the only real... Uh, point of difficulty um that i reached i did confirm I, i'm like fucking one level away from being done um but no it was uh, uh interesting I, I was very pleasantly surprised and that, that's always great when like one of these unknown nes games comes up i always get a little concerned because they're they are typically unknown for a reason but no this i i i could see this one just you know between the title and kind of the the just the gameplay being one of those that, that really flew under the radar and didn't get a lot of traction. But no, I, I, I probably would have enjoyed playing this one back in the day. And I certainly did now. Uh, the tremendous pick. I, I always love when a patron uh, shows mercy upon us and we've been granted mercy this episode. Well, since neither of you get to the very end, uh, I guess spoilers for you guys. So turn off your, <laughs> your, head, your uh, computers if you don't want to hear the rest of this. Oh, when you damn, get to the right. very end of the game, so you go through the five planets. There's a fairly large last boss castle you have to go through with several different shmup sections mm-hmm. to the doors. Um, the last boss himself has several phases, which is expected for a uh, you know an end boss of a game. But you beat that last boss. He has three phases, and then you you, you save the la- you save like the, the the guy comes on. It's like oh thank you destroyed the, the the last bad guy, but now his fortress is still coming. You have to stop his fortress. And I was like what? So there's one more level at the very end of the game that's different than anything else in the game. 
It's not crazy different, and it's not like you have to do a lot with it. But basically, the last level of the game, after you beat the last boss, which, you, which is more or less the real last boss, but this thing just happens and you have to finish it or you haven't finished the game. It switches to a one-screen shooter level, kind of like how Gyrus is, where you go around the outside of the screen and you fire in towards the middle. Unlike every other shooter level in the game, you're firing into the middle of the screen and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. There's this fortress thing in the middle of the screen that's just firing at you nonstop. You have to dodge the firing that it's doing to you. And you have to basically shoot the middle of it. It looks like a, almost like a big circle in the middle of this fortress. But you have to do that by basically like waiting for things to fire, waiting for a gap, fly through the middle of the screen, shoot one time, get lucky and hit it, and then circle around, kind of like a figure eight, and do that over and over again while dodging these shots. Firing into the middle of the screen as opposed to firing across the screen. It's the only level that does it. It's weird. It actually worked really well, and it made me wish there was more parts of the game that did that, because it it actually did... I mean, I thought it made for a very good final boss fight in that it was different, but it wasn't so drastically different that you're like, what is this? But then I was like, why didn't they do this any other time? Because there's also nothing in the manual that explains how to do that level. Nothing in the game really says what to do. You just get thrown at this one screen. And you're like, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird choice. But again, it's a game full of these kind of weird choices that, that kind of gel together really nicely for a, a different game experience that at first looks like every other bad sideways platformer. But as soon as you get more into it, you're like, oh, wow, this has a lot more to offer than I thought it would. Only thing I can think of is like they had two or three different games sitting on the cutting room floor <laughs> that didn't quite make it. And they were like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and, and shove these together. Because really, when you think about it, there's... I mean, even considering that, I didn't get to that point, but that just sounds so different. And and the, the shooting stages, they, they feel so different from the, the actual, like, action stages. It's it's such a strangely put-together game. It feels, you know what it actually feels like to me? It feels like someone made uh, NES Little Big Planet stage. No. <laughs> it is, you know how everyone in, in Little Big Planet would just put every weird-ass thing they could possibly do on their stage? Yes, uh, this is uh, it. Kind of reminds me of that, and just like those little big planet stages, nothing ever feels quite right. I guess, mm -hmm. uh, but it, I mean, it's still fun for what it is. I'm sorry for making that that connection, but that was just something that that I thought of when I was playing. I was like, yeah, this is just you're just kind of like throwing things together here to see what works, and it it kind of works, and sometimes and sometimes it don't. It works well more than when it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree oh, with yeah. that. So that's our thoughts on Zexies. Thank you to our patron Jack for picking it. And if you want us to cover mm -hmm. your game, the best way to do that is to go to retrovania.net where there's a link to our Patreon. You can join our Patreon. That will force us to cover your game. Uh, it also lets you list games for us to cover just at will, and maybe we'll pick from that slot. But if you want to force us to cover it, that's the only way to do so. But while you're there thinking about, man, do I want to join this Patreon? If you go to Retrovania.net and scroll all the way down to the bottom, past all the social media links and everything else, there's a question form. And you can fill out your question on that form. It comes to us, and we'll read it on the air most of the time, like we're going to do right now. That's right. And last episode, we kind of had a thing going on with kart racing. Billy, you missed out on this one. Oh, that man. Someone on the YouTubes had started classifying basically any game that had tar combat in it as a kart racer. So what the fuck? Games like Wipeout and Blur are considered a kart racer. You know, huh. I'm not going to say this is this is a mainstream thing, but you know, it is something that I've picked up on here in the last uh, year or so. But I, I'm sure you, yeah, you have already said no. That that's no. you know that's a fallacy. That you know, it's not a kart. Happen. It's not a kart racer. So you're you're of the the uh, 
crowd that if it has to it has to be a cart to be a cart racer. Well, I mean, I did I would, you know, I would imagine so. I mean, part of the definition of a cart racer is you're racing carts. Well, see, we also I, thought for Motortune that Motortune was kind of that that it could be either way. It plays a lot like a cart racer, but you're not in carts. I mean, it's a racer. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. Is cart racing defined by a particular gameplay? Well, that is the question that I threw out there for everyone last okay. episode to kind of throw out at me uh, their answers. So uh, a, a few people were nice enough to write in and, and let me know. And first up mm -hmm. is Nico Bun, and he's writing in about Motortune GP and Racer Taxonomy. That's a that's a nice word to use. Mm. First off, I played Motortune Grand Prix, at least the U.S. release of two. I've mm -hmm. got the first one lying around somewhere, but I've yet to fire it up to compare. Generally agree with you guys on your assessment. Decent game and a historic curiosity, but not something to worry, the, worry about that you're missing. As for what's considered a kart racer, for me at least, racing game categoriz categor categorization can easily get over overly granular, like a Venn diagram with 11 different circles going off in different directions. But here's how I generally qualify kart racers. Comparatively small, unrealistic vehicles, mascot-style characters, whether or not they're established properties. Arcady, more forgiving kart physics, as opposed to sim racers like Gran Turismo slash Forza. Yeah. A tendency for power-ups or course boosts slash gimmicks, but they're not required. Okay, alright. As for the other examples mentioned at the end of the podcast, I'd slot Wipeout as an anti-grav racer, along stuff like F-Zero and Quantum Redshift. Hover vehicles keeping close to a track, usually with more demanding physics than a kart racer. Blur's a weird one, but I'd probably say arcade racer with power-ups. As mentioned, there's the crossover. Ugh. As mentioned, there's crossovers all over the place in the genre, and hell, there are even realistic sim racers based on real-world go-karts that I wouldn't call a kart racer by the above qualifiers. Honestly, I could probably write a thesis on this sort of classification thing, but this email's already long enough. Um, I think that he's uh, pretty much on it oh. as far as like what I would think. It, I would say uh, I've watched his stream, and Nico Bun is very, very good at kart racers. Mm. He knows a lot about them. I think he's probably the definitive answer on this topic. Can I further um, kind of? Can I make a couple of subgenres for kart racing? Sure, go for it. Um, can we have good kart racing, and it's Mario Kart, <laughs> and then shit karts, and it's all the rest of them? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my! There's I mean, plenty. You know, That's going to cause. Me to do, do you want me to do? Do you want me to do the steak and steak them talk again? Uh, we've had it before, but there are some kart racers that aren't completely bad. Apparently, Konami Kart Racer isn't bad on the Game Boy Advance. I have not played it though, but I've heard that it's very good. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. That's fine. I've, I've, racer I've been on time. the internet. I've heard a lot of things. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, I was there's people. There's people that like getting peed on on there. So of course yeah, they like a kart racer. That's like true. It. There's a lot of those people that write into us as well. And, and want yeah. to ask us about that. But, you know, I, I also, did you see, you, you saw the whole Mario Kart Nintendo Direct thing, right? Yeah. Yes. God what, damn it. 48 more tracks for me to beat that ass in. Coming up. I was going to say, what what do you think? I know there's a lot of people that's like, eh, why even waste your time with this? Are you excited? Why waste those? your time? Why waste your time adding more tracks to the most solid kart racing game there is? I don't know. It, it's I, ridiculous, know. isn't it? It's enough to make your head spin that they want to support the best kart racing game of all time. 
I guess it came um, down to like, I, why now? Why like six years or six, whatever, however many long years? Why now is Nintendo like, here, here's a whole new game, well, basically. Well, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm taking this as assurance that Mario Kart 9 is not coming out next week. Um, and that this is the cart we have, maybe for the duration of the Switch. And we need to just shut the fuck up and enjoy it. The fact they're putting out 48 more, that's unheard of. What's the problem? These people wouldn't be fucking happy with anything. Honestly, I, that's, that's what not, I say if about. You're not fucking. If fans. you didn't, I'm a 40 year old man, and I cut at least three backflips in the hallway. <laughs> um, like, what do you want? What do you want? This is when, if you're not happy at this news, it's when you really need to sit down. We're three miserable bastards, and we can be happy about this. You need to sit down and think about your life, think about your priorities, and think about what's important. Just that's right. Just be if happy. you can get us to stand up, if you can get yeah. us to stand up over anything, that's something to to be happy about. But God damn, yeah. people are still going to shit on everything. They are. So you, you can't please everyone. And most of the time, you're going to please no one. So, mm. so uh, you may as well please yourself. Please your damn self. Enjoy your 48 new tracks. I know I am. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be a good time. I just wish they release them all at once. That's I I, I don't know. Well, you know, you I'm not. Know, a, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with the gap. I like I like that you I can trickle trickle in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's you pay one time and you get them all. I I didn't mind that for the Smash Fighters. I kind of like it. Then I'll I'll go back and play those tracks a whole bunch and mm-hmm. then be like, all right, got my fill of those and just in time for new ones to show up. That that is true. So I, I either way, I'm going to play them all uh, a hell of a lot. But yes, thank you. Nico Bun. Uh, yeah, I agree with basically everything you said there. And anyone that calls things like Blur and Wipeout and F-Zero kart racers, I will eternally disagree with because that is just, it is bringing in a, a very broad scope of genres and just generalizing them all into just this one very narrow thing. And I think there's plenty of things that separates those games from what a kart racer should be. So... Even today, I don't think, I don't think all of these games need to just be in like four or five different genres. But keeping with Motortune, Northern Butchers wrote in about some more cartoon racers that he's played. Mm. Hey guys, back in the day when I had my PS1 and an uncle doing bootleg PS1 games for me, I remember getting Motortune Grand Prix along with Chocobo Racing and the Muppets Race Whoa. Mania on Whoa. a three-in-one disc. I just want to know what your uncle was doing burning those. A three-in-one disc? <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that when you burnt PlayStation games. Uh, so that's new to me. Uh, but I was wondering if you guys had ever played either of those as well. Also, have you guys tried and liked any British food, such as fish and chips or beans on toast? Thanks again for the great podcast. And my good friend, William Bollocks Day, says hello. Hello, William Bollocks Day. Hey, I like the the sound of this. Hello. I like the From across the other end of the pond. That's right. Um, Fish and chips is a, how can you not, right? How can you not like it? Uh, I mean, we have fish and chips, but it's not like what they have over there. It's not. I. It's you know. I, and it's one of those things you have it and you know it. <laughs> you know it, but you go along with it. Uh, let we us have our fun. Let's. Let we us got Long John culture. Silver's down the road giving Whoa, us their man. their their yeah. little buddy fish fillet that you know it does its job for what it, it is. But yeah, it does its com- job compared to what I say. See over across the pond. When they pull out a fish and chips, like the cod itself is larger than their arm. So yeah. it's, yeah, it is nothing that we get like that. Most everything right. we get is like 
you know, for as much as they, they want to call us like fat ass Americans with our huge portions, we can't get fish like that. There's nothing like that over here. We just, we get it, we get it prepared, uh, less healthy is all. We get smaller portion. We do. Um, I did not try either of those. Um, I think I've gotten across. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty militant cart race, (laughs) cart race fan. (laughs) Um, so I I don't stray, um, too far because, you know, why waste your time? Um, I like going with what's tried and true. I like to dance with who brung me. I have not tried those out. E- either of you guys. Uh, I have not played the Muppet Racing game, although I wish I did, because I'm going to be honest, that actually could I be... See, I could see Muppet Racing being actually probably... If they pack enough gimmicks and enough little voice snippets in there, I could see that being fun. Well, And I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks like a kart racer. I mean, that's that's fine. I would give Muppet Race Mania a shot. Uh, I did try the Chocobo Racing game because it was Squaresoft, and I was still working at the store at the, at the video game store at that time, so I played basically everything that came through. And it, even at the time, I was like, yep, this is a kart racer. And not now, a great one, your, so I'm good. Who are your riders in this? Is this Final Fantasy VII only riders? It's, or Final if you Fantasy look at a picture of it, um, let me load it up. It's it's not like you get all the characters from Final Fantasy VII necessarily. It's like okay, it's Final Fantasy characters riding chocobos. So there's like the Black Mage and and everything else from these other games, but as a kart racer. But you're okay. riding chocobos. It's to be fair, I don't remember it very well, except for thinking, yep, it certainly is a kart racer, and not playing a lot more with it. But it's it looks okay. I- I'm sure that it, if I was a huge Final Fantasy Squaresoft fan at the time, which I was not because of Final Fantasy VIII, I probably would have gotten into it and really, really liked it. But uh, but instead, I you know, I played it as a kart racer, and I was like, yeah, it's it's okay. A lot of Square stuff that was uh, not straight RPGs, it, with the exception of like Einhander, which ruled, wasn't too great, mm. uh, for me at least. Now, maybe I'll go back now and play them and decide I was wrong, I was too hasty in those judgments. Uh, but at the time, I remember not thinking it was very good. Uh, as far as, uh, yeah, I've had lots of fish and chips. Uh, in fact, places here will do, because there's enough places that are either Irish-themed or or there are actually some fish and chip places when I go to the beach that mm. are supposed to be British-style that are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do not like beans on toast, but I'm a huge fan of toast under beans. <laughs> That's not my joke, but I, <laughs> I like it anyway. Just, just killed the damn podcast with that one. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Uh, I do think beans as a breakfast item is is a little weird, but you know what? I've eaten many worse things for breakfast, so I'll give it a shot. <laughs> oh, G- oh. give me a minute! <laughs> give, give me, give me, give me a minute. Okay, all right. Woo. Are you are you composed enough? <laughs> I, well, I I'd like to thank you, Northern Butcher, for actually just breaking Billy. In in this Ooh, podcast, thank you, oh. thank you, Northern Butcher. We'll see if we can actually get through the rest of these. Uh, anyway, last episode we uh, we mentioned the Evercade while we ranted on about something that wasn't the Evercade for a while. <laughs> but uh, Walkover is here this week to uh, talk Walkover. about the, the Evercade some more. And he says, "I could not miss that Jeremy got the Evercade, and for some reason, I did as well." I also got it because I wanted to try out the Lynx games on a handheld because I never got the Lynx myself as a kid. Same reason I, I only, There you go. I only looked over the shoulders of some other kid at school playing it. I am not as impressed today as I was then. I don't know if I like the Evercade or not. It's strange feeling and holding it, and the screen's not that great, and the design feels cheap, but it feels okay to play with, I guess. And the selection of games are also okay. 
maybe I'll grow to like it. But anyway, what do you think of it? Has your opinions changed since the last episode, Jeremy? He also says, but by the way, gravy, to me, is a sauce. Thank you. And See? Already. Oh, man. What did, what did we say in the last episode? Wrong opinion. <laughs> so... <laughs> It is, it is going really to a sauce. Uh, I, w- I would like to say the Lynx Collection, I bought the Lynx Collection too so I could play Chips Challenge, uh, is not very good. It's not the fault of the Evercade. Those games just aren't very good. Um, looking at the Lynx library, there weren't too many to pick from, but Collection 2 specifically is all the ones that were uh, they were mainly all by Epics. So Chips Challenge and Todd's Adventures in Slime World are the only two I've really put any time into. The rest of them, Checkered Flag's a racer <laughs> that plays like any old arcade racer, uh, like uh, arcade racers on consoles. Um, it's got some like a bad uh, Top Gun style game called Blue Thunder. It's it's not great, but I did buy some other carts that are good. I would say the Evercade itself has a lot of possibilities. Uh, I bought the, uh, there's a split cart that has two games that were released for the Genesis, but like as modded cartridges years and years later, uh, Xeno Crisis is very good. A very, very difficult top-down mm. kind of shooter. And Tanglewood, which is so far a kind of cutesy uh, animal platformer, but we're going to have to like, use... Tanglewood. Yeah, Tanglewood. It's, it's really neat. You're like a little... Almost like a fox character, but you can you can kind of drift a little bit. And you, you run through these levels, and you have to kind of solve puzzles to get to the end. But there's also some definite platforming and, and some avoiding of enemies to go on. It's it's actually quite good. Those those two are on one cart. That's an excellent cart. And I bought the Indie Collection. It's called, like, Indie... I don't remember the name of it. I don't have the cart in front of me. It's an Indie Collection of games. There's, like, 18 games on there. And I'd say five mm-hmm. of them are great. Five of them are a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. maybe another five or six are fun if you like certain styles of games. And then the, the rest of them are things you can completely skip and not feel bad about in any way, shape, or form. But that's okay. I mean, you pay it's 20 bucks a cart. I got five games that I really liked and five that I will probably go back to and maybe decide later on I really like them as well. I don't know. Uh, so the other ones I don't care for, I'll sleep, I'll sleep okay knowing that I have those. I've also ordered, it's not out yet, but it should be out by the end of this week, uh, the Data East Arcade Collection, solely so that I can play the Ooh. arcade version of Burger Time on a handheld. That's worth it on yeah. its own for 20 bucks. but I'm also going to get uh, Bad Dudes and, and a whole bunch of other games that came out from Data East in the arcade. It... It is a neat way to legally play these games uh, and collect the little physical carts, which I really liked. I like that it's handheld so I can take it over. It has pretty good battery life. I don't think it feels uncomfortable or weird to play uh, for a handheld. It's it's bigger than like a, a GBA. It's bigger than a Game Boy Advance. It, it, it's a little more boxy, but not pointy. Um, also, I've been using the cable that it comes with. If you have a, you know, a way to like stream things or, or put an HDMI into a monitor, you can play it directly on a much larger screen, which for the links, I do not recommend. That is not a benefit to anyone. It does not make the games look good. It uh, it makes them look like you blew up a Lynx to a full-size screen. But for the other games, Xenocrisis and stuff, they play great on a regular television, uh, like a Genesis does. So, I mean, that's... I, I think it's a neat system. It's still fairly... I mean, it's about 100 bucks for the handheld and $20 a cart. I, I like it a lot. But if I was trying to say is it as good as buying one of these emulator handhelds and putting 200 games on it, I guess cost-wise, no. Of course it's not. But... Mm unlike an emulator box that's like that, so far I haven't had anything that's not working right. Everything works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's neat to play. And and if you did get an, Ever, uh, an Evercade verse, which is a, uh, a standalone television version of the Evercade stuff, it uses the same carts. So if you already had a bunch of carts for the handheld and you wanted to get this verse box because you just like the idea of having it on a screen and, don't, and you can actually play two-player that way, you have the games you've already bought. I mean, you know, it's still a niche machine. I don't think it's there to replace the 3DS or, or any other handheld system that was its own system. 
but it did exactly what it was supposed to do. They said, hey, we're going to make a handle system that plays classic games. You can buy carts. That's exactly what it does. And so I, I do enjoy it. I was going to ask something that came up since the last episode. I, I have seen people complain that there sometimes you can actually change the default button layouts and other times you can't. And there are several games where those button layouts are not ideal. Have you mm. had um, any issues with those? No, but I, I don't have a lot of games on it. So like I said, they, the Lynx only had two action buttons. So that's really easy sure. and it works like a Nintendo controller. And the the stuff I got that were the indie games were all, they all play fine. Because you're playing what essentially I would say are like PC indie games. The button layouts are just what they are and you got to get used to them. But it's not like I expect it to be... Like Mega Man, the buttons are reversed or something weird, right? So that's fine. And and I haven't had a problem with the the two, again, the two indie games are their own thing. The one that, that is uh, the, the Xeno Crisis, you move the left pad and you fire in eight directions with the four buttons on the right. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I guess I'll find out with the Daddy's Arcade Collection. Maybe those will be laid out really weird and I won't like it. But so far, yeah, I can't change the button layouts on most of this. I don't know if the Arcade Verse is any different with that. And also there is... A bunch of new firmware. They keep putting out new versions of the firmware, you know, that run behind it. Maybe that will change some of the settings. But I haven't upgraded any of those yet because I have to actually, since I only have the handheld, I have to actually download it, then upload it to the machine and do it separately. And I'm very lazy. Uh, and so far, everything I have works fine. But if something I have doesn't work, I'm going to try doing that first. I, I would genuinely like to do a deep dive on some of these uh, cartridges that they have for it. If in the future all three of us manage to get one of these Evercades, they're not expensive. What yeah. is it like a hundred bucks or yeah, something? No, I, the, the I'm, I'm actually um I'm actually kinda I'm actually pretty interested. I think I'm gonna end up with one before it's over with. If if I we do get them, kind of I mean especially like I, I did want to do Chips Challenge for the Lynx. I think it's a fun game. Mm. It it'd be neat to talk about even though it's maddening at times. But yeah, we'd mm. all have to be able to play it on the Lynx. I know you can play a Windows version, but it's just not the same. And uh, and mm. playing it in handheld really does kind of it's the kind of game that worked perfectly in handheld. So uh, I don't know if that answered your question about whether or not uh, the Evercade is it has some problems. It's not perfect by any means, but it's it's well made. I think I think it does feel really good. I've had no physical problems with the system at all. I mean, I, I've been enjoying it a lot. I think you're right in saying that this is a super niche product. Oh yeah, it is. You know, it, it, if you like those kind of retro handhelds and stuff like that mm -hmm. you know and like the question last week it was like did i do good by getting a, a retro pocket or whatever it was that he got one of those that had the tons and tons of games on it i think maybe that's what most people would probably want if they want to play retro games but this is for people that want, <laughs> want these very slim down uh you know, curated selections mm -hmm. from developers and stuff and i think that's still cool but i oh, still yeah. i think that is a very small market of people that um you know that they're going to be entertained by those cartridges. Yeah. But you know, we if you do think it's great. The appeal I see is it's 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 almost like the Netflix effect where you yeah, we were talking about that. and you yeah. just and I just endlessly let's say I got 30 minutes to play a game and I scroll yep. for 28 minutes <laughs> and then I play for two and oh I gotta go. So yeah, I, it's 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 very appealing. Uh you would think having every game in the world at your fingertips. Um, it's a blessing and a curse. So yeah, I, I can see those smaller, kind of like more, especially if it's like a themed, more focused collection. Uh, that 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 has a lot of appeal to me. It it is uh, certainly it can be a curse because as a kid, I only had two games, and one yeah. of them was uh, Jaws for the NES. And I think I have played Jaws for the NES more than I have played any great great <laughs> great game that has come out in the last year, probably. <laughs> so that you know. It, Having too much of a selection can definitely be a downside to anything. But 
Yeah, Walkover, we have talked a lot about the Evercade in the last couple episodes, so um, maybe the the natural progression here is to just get an Evercade and, and actually do a podcast on it. So we'll see, but thank you for writing in. Next question, I gotta say, we have tried to answer this one before, but it has absolutely caused the podcast to come to an end, I think, each time. So we're going to try it again. Okay. William, William Easter has wrote in, written in about retro O's. What gaming mascot character would make a great serial mascot? What would their cereal be called? What would, would the flavor be? What would that mouth do with a bowl? Uh, I'm just going to go off and say, Bayou Billy. Uh, it's going to taste like shit. It's going to taste like swamp water. And everything, all the marshmallows are just going to be characters from that game. And if I had my choice, I would put a little microchip inside every box where you open the top and it would play the level one music. Oh, man. Or maybe like that, that just that, that highly digital. Yeah, that too. Every time you crack that box open. <laughs> yeah, uh, so what do you guys God got? damn it. I don't know the name of the cereal, but fucking I, I, a bomber man. And you got all those fucking power up marshmallows. Sure. Various yeah, all right. You got the boot. You got the one that extends the fucking thing out. You even got the fucking worthless ass things that they added in in the later games that complete that you immediately get rid of when, when you're doing a custom a custom game. Um, well, fucking bomber man. Because God damn it. I love bomber man. And I would eat a cereal. I would trust if I saw Bomberman's face on a box in the cereal aisle, I, I would trust that is a cereal I could pick up and I can enjoy. Um, and, you know, I, I can't think of any better way to to induce induce diabetes than, than con- consuming all those little Bomberman power-up marshmallows. Well, and most of these cereals that are based on games already are just that same thing. They're just uh, marshmallows, yeah, little I mean, oat bits. There's lucky charms, with other generic, names. In yeah, it's very generic cereal pieces, and and then mushroom, uh, not mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that Mario cereal. That's some good eating right there. That's good eating right there. You won't, yeah, you won't give a shit after a little bit of that. Uh, but no, it, it, it's just very substandard. Not even shaped. Uh, just cereal they're just, pieces. They're just blobs. Uh, but, yeah, but the, the marshmallows are where it's at because they will kind of make it look like something. Yeah, and, you know, and your brain will do the rest of the work. You're like, oh, that must be the uh, the glove, the Bomberman glove, or oh, I, I think that's the boot. Uh, when in reality, they you know hardly fucking look like anything. Yeah, they don't have to. It, they're going to be marshmallows, and you're going to be excited, and you're going to eat them. I guess the only... I'm trying to think if there was a cereal that didn't have just marshmallows, and the only one I can think of was the Donkey Kong cereal, because it was basically just Captain Crunch, but the crunches were barrels. That was a good one, though. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess the I, old... I, do. I, do. I, I stand behind Bomberman as a cereal. I think I, that, I, God damn it, I do. That dual Mario and Zelda cereal, I don't know oh, if, it yeah. had, if it had marshmallows or if it was more like Crunch Berries. I don't remember. It's been I, a long time. Was, if I recall, that was more of a Crunch Berry type cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah one, I think you're right. I, I remember Pac-Man was marshmallows, and my kids have Minecraft cereal now, which is literally just green. What? Yeah, it's green blocks, uh, marshmallows inside oat cereal. So it's just Lucky Charms I with green blocks. I did not know that. It's, it's I didn't fine. Know that. It's, it, yeah, it's a Minecraft cereal. 
Um, I, I'm sure it's still out there, but they bought like 12 boxes of it when they saw it because they're crazy people. And they ate it. They ate every bit of it. So I'll give them that. Now we're back to just free That reminds pebbles. me of like the stuff whenever, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you go into like FYE or, or some of those kind of places that have, has like collectibles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've got these weird cereals that they've kind of just made out of anything. Like today I saw like the uh, fucking Tiger King cereal based off the Netflix documentary. Yes, I got a um, a Golden Girls cereal from them one time. Yeah, it, I've it, seen it just, that one. It, I'm pretty sure it was just ground up newspaper. I, I think that's one. what most of them. I saw a Garbage Pail Kids one <laughs> that I almost bought, but I'm sure, it, again, it's it's nothing. It's just ground up cardboard. But the price is like $9 a box. And it's just like, what the fuck? But I, did you have an answer, Jeremy? No, I, I would do a Burger Time breakfast here. I just brought a Burger Time, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's already food. It's very easy. You just get the different pieces of it as different kinds of cereals. So you could make it into a burger even if you wanted to, like a burger-shaped thing of cereals, and then you could have some of those be marshmallow. It would be easy. You could have the bad guys be the marshmallow, the pickle and the sausage and the uh, the egg. You could make all those look like marshmallows. I'd be down 100%. That's a good breakfast cereal. Although that's a breakfast cereal cereal for me. Who would buy Burger Time breakfast cereal? Just this guy. The only breakfast cereal that actually tastes like a hamburger. <laughs> Perfect. I I get that. It's all those I mushrooms. I throw up in the box, but I try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did it. We fucking did it. Hey, uh, three oh, episodes so glad. later. <laughs> Thanks, William Easter, for writing in like two months ago when he finally fucking answered it, managed to answer it. Wait, uh, but anyway, yeah, true. We did it. Uh, we're going to end the podcast on this one though. And this one comes, our last question comes in from Jeremy Darmentier. I wonder oh, who that is. Oh, no. Someone's oh, moved yeah. on from Billie Holiday to this. Uh, we, what we a disaster. Have. Wow. Holy uh, shit. He, and, and just like the real uh, Jeremy Darmentier, he's, he's wanting to know about sexy Pokemon. Oh, okay. And well, now this says, could be me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, kind of a weird one for you. I've never really heard of any of you talk about Pokemon, but I assume being gamers, you're all at least aware of them. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's never discussed, but in the world of Pokemon, surely there are those that take advantage of them more so than just making them fight each other. Are there? Like, I, you know, this is the subject of many fanfics out there. I have heard. I've heard. Nice, nice clarification. <laughs> it's been my experience that if it exists, someone is trying to fuck one. So this got me thinking, what Pokemon do you think Pokefiles like best? Jigglypuff is an obvious answer, being so sexy, but Snorlax is a good answer, too, as it would probably sleep through it. This is is a disaster. (laughs) So no police police questioning or need for Pokemurder afterwards. Another contender would be Magikarp, as it couldn't fight back and also has those big, beautiful lips. Ideal for, oh boy. you know. Yep. So which Pokemon is for you? This is the last episode of the podcast, by you the way. You know what's weird? I actually just started playing Pokemon Sword. I have not played a Pokemon game, like an actual Pokemon game, since uh, the original release of Blue, other than the card game we did. Um, and, you know, for this game, I started my starting uh, Pokemon was a Grookey. So I'm going to answer that. <laughs> A Grookey is the sexiest Pokemon. I don't support this. <laughs> I can't. I can't sanction this line of questioning. Um, what the hell? What have we become? Oh boy, it got uh, fucking lick a tongue. There you see. Right. You got there a good we answer. go. There, it's right. much better than Grookey. Oh, he's gonna <laughs> eat that ass everywhere. Let's shut this thing down for the night. <laughs> Maybe forever. That's the worst way to end a show. Is a question that ends with that. Wait, Jeremy, has Jeremy your ass gone everywhere. 
Jeremy Gregory has not offered his input yet. Uh, what is, what's that other one? Fuck. Uh, that can change dildo that can change into other Pokemon. Ditto. Dildo. Dildo. I mean, <laughs> with Ditto, what are you, you have. Do? Are you going to have the fucking Ditto change into a Lickitung? Whatever in the mood, how, whatever it is that night, you know, I can come uh... home and be like, you know what? Uh, what, what the hell's a fucking Pokemon thing? I hope people thing? judge us by the quality of the episode up to this point, Oof. which wasn't high to begin with. But... <laughs> What's that fucking Fuck. cat that's in Team Rocket? Fucking tell me that toast joke again, the beans what? and toast joke. I'm going to fuck that cat. And that's, and that's Oh, boy. That's it. That's it. That's the end of our show. Thank you for the, uh, the mail, whoever that was. Who was that? Yeah, uh, that was you. That's Jeremy Darmentier. Oh, Jeremy Darmentier, uh, you, you, yeah. Thanks thanks for sending that in. That was definitely a great... Jeremy P is, Jeremy P is unhooking things right now. I, I feel very bad for Jack, our patron, giving us a great game to talk about, and we end it with a talk about sexy Pokemon. Uh, but if that's you'd like happens. to write in and tell us about what what Pokemon you would have don't, sex don't with... Don't write uh, that to us. <laughs> go to Retrovania.net, scroll all the way down to the bottom... Uh, there's there's some stuff there you can check out too. You can see all the places you can find us. You can find our Discord channel, which a lot of there's a lot of people on our Discord these days. It's kind of weird. Uh, check that out. Join us. Tell us your your fantasies, whatever those may be. Don't do that. No matter how dark and horrible they are, and if you would you know fuck that cat in Pokemon too. So that's you know you could you know I wouldn't think anything of you. Uh, well, but, uh, the other things you could do on that Discord if you if you enjoy not talking about things like that, uh, we're doing playthroughs of RPGs. We did Final Fantasy VIII previously, or right now we're playing Grindia very very slowly. Uh, but we are playing that as a group for anyone who wants to. And we've actually decided as of today, and I don't know if you guys saw this because you weren't on all day like I was, as I don't have a job yet. We're going to start doing some Mario Kart nights to get ready for those extra levels. Oh, so if you're on our Discord, I, you can join man. us on random nights I, for I some saw, Mario Kart. I, I saw them and I already, I already taunted everyone appropriately. So there's lots of things you can do on our Discord that does not involve having sex with a Pokemon, but you can check it out for that too. Again, go into Retrovan and find everything, and we will see you next time. Hopefully, this podcast still exists. <laughs>